You're listening to the Halcyon podcast with Adam and Rob. And you have to say, that's magnificent. Hello and welcome to the Halcyon podcast with this new series acting as an accompaniment to our new World Cup anthology against all odds, the greatest World Cup upset which truly features an awesome array of household names, one of which we are tremendously delighted to welcome today. A writer and broadcaster familiar to most, here's Mr. Guillaume Balaguer, introducing his chapter on the slightly controversial quarterfinal match from 2002 when Spain met joint host South Korea. Guillaume, how are you? I'm all right. I'm all right. Um, I don't know if you can hear... The prayers, it's time to pray. I'm in Doha at the moment and uh, and about to start the World Cup. We're talking about, what is it, one hour before the first game? Yes, we won't keep you too long, but we just wanted to dive straight into your chapter. And I think the most interesting thing from me and Rob's point of view was that obviously there's been a lot said about that game and the Italy game. And we wanted to know if your opinions changed when you read back your notes from the tournament itself. Absolutely. It's, it was just a complete um, turnaround of uh, of emotions and ideas. And I was in Korea. Um, I wasn't at the game. That's part of the story. I was heading to that game, but something happened. And uh, once uh, the game went, as it normally happens, uh, number one, you have your own impressions, but then you get influenced by the impressions of everybody else. And then those impressions get repeated. You don't go back and look at the game, do you? I mean, mm. um, you just have uh, the general view that, uh, that it was a robbery, that Spain were unfairly treated by the referees, a complot, you know, there was something behind or somebody that didn't want us to, uh, to go any further. That was the idea, repeated um, ad nauseum by everyone. Uh, and every time that the story got repeated, it got an, you know, an extra yard on the offside, mm-hmm. an extra unfair decision. It just became really um, an example of what happens when when authorities don't want you to go further. That was my idea. That was everybody's idea. And then I watched the game, and and I was amazed by what I saw. Amazed. Um, Starting with the fact that Gus Huding had created with Korea a very modern team, perhaps, yeah. perhaps the first modern team in World Cup football because they played from the back, um, they went through the middle, they pressured high, they were so well organized. And this is 2002. Mm-hmm. Nobody was playing that way. Uh, uh, so it was a lesson uh, to us in terms of, uh, of you know, how, how the game went. We played really badly. Uh, and I, for that, so that was the first surprise. And I went to some of the players that played that game and, and they actually admitted it, which I'd never heard before, mm. that yes, we played poorly. Actually, they were so good. It was difficult to stop them. We couldn't keep the ball for long enough. We didn't attack well. Right. Okay. Well, that is a big surprise. Yeah. With that, we I could have filled a, a, a chapter telling the story of that mm. game with today's eyes. Mm. But then I looked at the referee decisions. Funnily enough, I went on a, uh, for a meal yesterday with perhaps the best, one of the best producers on American television, sports, uh, sports television. 
And the game came came up in conversation. Uh, I don't know, I can't remember the context, but he, but he said, oh, yeah, yeah, the uh, the goal that uh, was disallowed over Spain. I said, no, 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 against Korea, he was talking about. He said, no, it wasn't disallowed. Uh, everybody will remember. It's a cross from Joaquin yeah. that uh, the linesman thinks that he's gone, um, that, that's gone out before he puts the ball in. At that point, this is the chronology of it, at that point, the referee blows the whistle. So what happens next is not a disallowed goal. It's nothing. <laughs> it's nothing. Yeah. So I, I won't go into more detail because otherwise nobody will read the chapter. But uh, <laughs> and I will jump. will jump from it. But that was, you know, it was one surprise after another. And I asked some of the players uh, of that squad, of Spanish squad, to watch the game again. And uh, two did it, and they were surprised. Wow. Like I was. Wow, <laughs> just just set the set the context for that for that game, I suppose. You know, so like the, this isn't the the Spain team that I think a lot of our listeners have in their minds when they think about Spain. Well, it was t- a couple of tournaments away from from becoming World Cup winners. So, what what are the expectations of Spain going into the two thousand two World Cup in terms of their progress, and what are the expectations going into that game against South Korea in particular? Because they were a difficult opponent, but they perhaps weren't perceived to be as difficult as they ultimately were. Yeah. Uh, so it's 2002, perhaps I should have started there. 2002, and Italy had just been knocked out by South Korea, also conceded by Italians, uh, a, a total robbery. Mm-hmm. And uh, and I, I think I need to watch that game again to see if that was the case. But in any yeah. case, um, then it was uh, spending the quarters. And we always had a team from, I would say, 86, early 90s, which you thought, there are good names. Uh, at some point, like uh, we're talking now about Belgium, for instance, at some point, um, Spain should win the World Cup or should get close to it. Yeah. And this was a, a team with enough quality in it. I don't know, Joaquin, Mendieta, uh, Raul Morientes. There was a lot of people there that uh, that you thought they could actually make, a, make an impact. Um, but uh, plus, plus, the media had very high expectations in every tournament just because we were in Spain yeah. and just because we didn't know any other team <laughs> because we didn't watch the Premier League. Yeah. We didn't watch Serie A. Nobody watched for the football. And just because we were in Spain, just because everybody knew the players, we were favourites. It happens in every country anyway. Yeah, and and it, did, it did feel like there was a, there was a, something there that, that could happen. Plus, it's South Korea. So, mm. you know... Uh, Automatically, consciously or unconsciously, the impression is Spain not only favourites; they have to win just because they yeah. have to. And uh, and yeah, as I say, the surprise was that uh, Spain Camacho in particular didn't prepare the team mentally very well because uh, he threw constantly, constantly the idea on on the days before the, the the South Korea game that be careful because they could rob us. Mm. And if you start mm. calling that, then obviously you eventually interpret everything that happens through those lenses. Yeah. Camacho is also to blame for for started talking about that game with offsides that were like 20 meters <laughs> offsides and, and things that really didn't happen. Mm-hmm. Um, and how he suggests that some of the linesmen had been drinking or something, I don't know. <laughs> um, just trying to, trying to excuse what it was really a big defeat when you have the power to, um, to be the national coach and you put out there a narrative that everybody buys, and there's your excuse. That's what happened. You see, a running theme throughout the book is that hubris plays a huge part. So the minute 
the big teams start thinking, we've already won this game, so we'll rest players or we'll look ahead. They get knocked down time and time again in the book. And I think it's it's very clear in your chapter that if your headspace isn't right, there can be an upset. And how big a part do you think the home crowd played? Did World Cup fever take over South Korea when you were there? It, it did. It did. And uh, as I say, I couldn't make the game. And uh, and I was witness to, uh, to how much that fever took over absolutely everyone, including the most remote places. Um, which is where I ended up by accident. Uh, but the, um, the, the it was quite clear that they, yeah, they uh, in Korea they they felt so proud to have organized very well a World Cup, uh, even more than in Japan. I didn't sense, um, I didn't have a sense that there was a World Cup going on in Japan a little bit like you have in England at the moment, and <laughs> just about to start. But you may not feel that uh, that that special space that gets created when a World Cup uh, uh, takes place. In Japan, not so much. In Korea, it was brilliant. It was brilliant. I'm, I only explained one of the many stories that took place in, in Korea, um, how, how you know, there was one day I went to change some, some coins with... Uh, no, I went to... Uh, had the American Express um, uh, check, and, uh, and I went to, um, to find out where in the little village where I was in Korea I could change it. And I said, Should, see where they sell the vegetables? Go at the back. There's a guy with a with sitting in that chair with a table. That's the guy. That's the bank. <laughs> and uh, uh, so, so it was like, oh, what's this? American checks. I give you this. You give me money. Uh, let me let me give a call to Seoul. And then a call was made to Seoul, and they said, yeah, not a problem, not a problem. I take this. You come back in two days. No, no, that's not how it works. <laughs> no, that's not how it works. I give you this, and you give me money right now. And he was like, yeah, but it's a piece of paper. Yes, I know, but it's an exchange that takes place in other parts of the world and everyone's agreed it. And this is in broken, in, in, in sign language almost. Yeah. And he became my best friend. He just, uh, after he eventually gave me money, uh, said, you know, restaurant, food, it's like four o'clock or five o'clock in the afternoon. I'm thinking everything is close here. Come over. So he took me to a place that was closed, that was open for me. And uh, the chef was sleeping, woke up and uh, prepared a meal and, and then um, when he, they, they dropped me at the bus station to go to go whatever else that I was going to, it was a big hoax on everyone that had a tear in my eye. It was just brilliant. It was just a brilliant experience. Um, and, and as I say, but I'd say no more, um, the way I, uh, I witnessed that, uh, that, that quarterfinals, uh, South Korea, Spain, was, was certainly a, another way of finding out what Korea was about and how important it was the World Cup for them. Yeah. And do you think that um, opinions would change in Spain if you were to mention the thing? Or if anyone was to read your chapter, do you think they would start to then think, oh, do you know what? I've been seeing this all wrong. Well, um, I did something uh, on with that intention because um, I do a column for a football magazine that comes out every three months called uh, Libero mm-hmm. in Spanish because mm-hmm. I thought, would this chapter make... Um, Spanish media being in English, and I know how Spanish media works. They just don't. They're just lazy. So, so I said, I, I, I thought I'd put it easy for them. If anybody wants to explore some more, I'll do a column. My column will be dedicated to it. It, it came out actually last week, uh, saying, "Look, <laughs> I don't think we read the whole South Korea Spain thing well. Yeah. I've been studying it for this book. So I mentioned the book. 
So uh, you got a little bit of publicity back in Spain, and uh, and I said, and you know, this is this is really what I think happened. And asking some of the people around, um, he has changed their mind about it. Some of the people that got involved in the game, but uh, let's see, because it's just come out. So um, so you may have some some calls from Spain at some point. Fantastic. Well, on that right. note, Guillaume, we'll let you get off because it is, as you said, the first day of the World Cup. I'm sure you'll be in demand. So we'd like to thank you and um, for the chapter, which is brilliant, and you can read it in Against All Odds, which is available from Jeff Bezos, which we try and avoid if possible, but it's also available directly from us at halcenepublishing.co.uk. So listen to the next one, which I don't quite know when it'll be coming up, but in a few days, and thanks again. Thank you. By the way, let me just say what I work you're doing. I mean, to, to actually uh, plant it, a book and make it grow that's the hardest thing in uh, in this industry and uh, and you're doing a really good job this is a good idea as well yeah. and i hope that people go out there and find the address to to ask you you know sorry find find your address or find your contact to actually get the, the book for yourselves brilliant well you. yes we second that thank you